0: Welcome to Episode 4 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark caught up with Letitia Fraga, Princeton's Council President. They discussed Letitia's background, her role as the Princeton Council President, how her involvement with Town Council helped her feel at home here in Princeton, and some of the current issues being addressed on the Council's various committees. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Leticia Fraga for episode four of the Princeton
1: Podcast. Leticia, thank you very much for being here. And you're council president.
2: I am. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, I bet you a lot of people listening don't understand what the council president does. So maybe you could help tell them. <laughs>
2: uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, I actually, some of it I I learned uh, just doing the the work I already understood the main one of the main roles is to uh, preside over meetings in the mayor's absence. Uh, I also uh, one of the uh, functions is to coordinate activities uh, among council members, uh, whether it's uh, there's something going on in the community that I want to make my colleagues aware about or coordinate uh, something that one of our community partners is doing where they want to involve uh, members of council, I'd like to stay on top of that and to help uh, bring in my my colleagues on council uh, to participate on those. Uh, I would say one of the most uh, uh, pleasant duties that I've had, enjoyable, is to uh, preside over, officiate over weddings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Officiate weddings. Uh, This year, I actually... Had the opportunity already to officiate a wedding for a couple f- whose uh, first language is uh, Spanish, Spanish, and so I offered to do it in both English and Spanish, and they really appreciated that. So, oh, I'm sure they did. That's yes, great. Yes, and I truly enjoyed that.
1: That's tremendous. So um, obviously, you don't get to be council president the first year you're on council. How many years have you been on council now?
2: I'm starting my fourth year on council. I serve one term, which is three years, and I'm just starting my second term. So going into my fourth year.
1: Wow. So two more years left, and then uh, we'll see if you run again. And then
2: we'll have to see (laughs) what's next.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, um, you know, I know that you obviously were, well, it's not obvious, I shouldn't say that, but you were involved in a lot of community activities before you were on council. Can you share what some of those were?
2: Uh, I was I uh, was serving on several boards before even before uh, being becoming a member of one of our boards commissions and committees, which we have and I can talk more about that later yeah. uh, but I was uh, before I my one of my first involvements in the municipal work was serving on the Human Services Commission. Mm. Uh, But before I even was appointed to that commission, I was doing volunteer work, which included uh, uh, volunteering my time for the Human Services Department, uh, which I raised my hand when I read an article in Town Topics several years ago, I would say maybe 11, 12 years ago. I learned that because of budget cuts that uh, the department uh, was now down to a one-person office. Uh, that the director Cynthia Mendez at the time, uh, even though we had a significant immigrant uh, population, that uh, Spanish-speaking population, that uh, she didn't speak Spanish, and she, her staff person that uh, used to translate uh, was no longer uh, uh, was no longer in the office. So I volunteered m- my time there, and that's actually how I would say that's how I got started with. Uh, Municipal, being involved in, in municipal uh, work,
1: which is really interesting, and I and I guess it also shows that if people are tuned in somewhat and pay enough attention, that there are opportunities for people that live in town to to help with all these what we call BCCs, yeah. boards, committees, and commissions. But yes. there's a lot of these BCCs that people could join, right?
2: Yes, including there's also ad hoc task forces that uh, we uh, occasionally. We'll have uh, either because of public interest uh, advocating for an initiative and we'll form a task force uh, to address a specific need. uh, And uh, including, uh, you know, right now the active ones are, there's the permit parking task force, there's the cannabis task force. uh, We had a dog park task force that... uh, I know that they've finished their work, but because of the pandemic, it hasn't moved forward. But hopefully, uh, they'll have an opportunity to present their work uh, to mayor and council in the very near future.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So out of those three, the cannabis task force, I guess, will be in front of council. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to think the date we'll release this podcast, but yes. in the in, in the November time frame, yes, right? I, and you're part of that task yes, force. Yes, right? I'm
2: a I'm a member of the cannabis task force, and it has been, um, you know, even though uh, we understood that more than 75 percent of the Princeton voters voted in favor of uh, legalizing uh, recreational marijuana, uh, we didn't. Uh, expect that there would be as much pushback as there has been about actually uh, allowing for uh, uh, sales at a dispensary or any other type of business in Princeton. But uh, the importance of of all the task force, not just, uh, I would say, any initiative, any policy that we want to move forward, uh, that we have learned over time, the importance of uh, reaching out to the community and soliciting feedback, because we don't want to get to the point where council is going to actually be uh, considering a policy and then uh, getting pushback from uh, the public that we didn't expect. So, uh, just we I mentioned the permit parking task force. That's one that I actually have been working on that with other uh, two other colleagues uh, on. On council and also uh, volunteers from the community. We've been working on that for two years already. It's uh, it's, and it's you know you we think we're working to address the parking needs of residents, uh, employees of our local businesses, and visitors. Sounds simple, but it's not. A lot of <laughs> a know?
1: lot of moving parts. Hard to a lot of moving, on that one.
2: exactly. But we're soliciting feedback. We're going neighborhood to neighborhood. And because we, uh, under, we now understand that what one neighborhood may feel about the topic, saying, well, we don't have an issue here, you know, don't touch my neighborhood. But uh, other, other neighborhoods that have really been struggling uh, with their parking needs, that we need to uh, host a community-wide meeting so they, the, na- the residents from the different neighborhoods can hear from each other. No, so.
1: Right. So I imagine um, all of that takes a lot of time. And it does. have you ever tried to like, track on average how many hours per week you're spending on council business?
2: Uh, I haven't, but I can tell you my husband has. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so uh, he, I know uh, that, um, as you know, we have evening meetings uh, and sometimes there's weekend uh, commitments as well. So I would say definitely it's, it's more than 40 hours a week. Yeah. so Definitely.
1: It, it, it realistically is another full-time job.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> um, so here's another thing I think people would love to hear about. What made you decide to run for council?
2: You know, I, it's not something that I, you know, grew up thinking, you know, one day this is what I want to be, this is what I want to do. Uh, it's actually, it grew out of, My work, uh, my desire uh, to help my community, uh, to help others, is something I've instilled in me by my parents, wanting to help others, and that's why I started volunteering. That's why I uh, was when there was an opportunity to serve on the Human Services Commission. It is I enjoyed it. It was very rewarding, but then it got to the point uh, after someone. As, as was actually, uh, at the time there were council members that were incur- uh, stand, sitting council members that encouraged me, uh, to run, uh, that it was then that I realized maybe I could do this. And I can, I like to say that it's something that I never knew I always wanted because it really has been a rewarding experience, uh, to not just advocate, uh, for policies uh, and initiatives, but I will actually have a role in moving them forward.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing what you can do um, yes. by being on council or just being yes. involved.
2: Yes, but something that I did learn. You know, I thought magically I get on council and I'm going to be able to move forward these initiatives that I've been advocating for for a long time. Uh, something that I learned early on, and nobody told me about. That uh, it really is a, a group effort and that in order to be able to move things forward, n- really uh, need to have others on board.
1: Yeah. yeah. So,
2: and it's collaboration.
1: Yeah. So, um, changing topics a little bit. How, how long have you lived in Princeton now?
2: So I've been uh, more than 20 years now. Wow. Uh, my, uh, I lived in Seattle uh, before coming to Princeton. And uh, I, I had my dream job there. Uh, I worked for the county's office of civil rights enforcement, uh, investigating complaints of discrimination, and uh, facilitating mediation, uh, bring the parties together uh, when uh, when there were issues, and if they couldn't be resolved, then uh, sending them to the prosecutor for uh, to for them to. Uh, Prosecute if there was a violation. It was very rewarding for me. Um, And if it hadn't been for uh, my husband being transferred to New Jersey, um, I might not have been here. Uh, Well, probably would not have been. (laughs) But uh, in the beginning, I can tell you, uh, I didn't think I would. I liked it here. Yeah. I I didn't. (laughs) I I felt that I didn't belong here. uh, That. you know, it's very different from Seattle, obviously, but I really felt like it was. I, I I'm originally from Mexico. Uh my family immigrated here when I was 12. And I used to tell people I felt like I had immigrated again mm. coming to Princeton because it felt so different. Right. Uh and like I said, I didn't feel that it didn't feel like home. It took a long time, but um, One of the reasons why I would like to see, encourage others to be involved who also feel that perhaps um, they don't feel like they belong, they don't feel like this is their place, is to really become involved because I can honestly say that when I started volunteering, when I started getting involved in the community, uh, actually organizing community building events, that's when I felt that I was home. No, I had, when I first came here, I came with, uh, my daughter was a teenager. Uh, she went to uh, Princeton, graduated from Princeton High School. And uh, she, she moved away to go to college, but then came back. And now she's here uh, with, I have five of my grandkids are also here in Princeton. Uh, my husband and I have, uh, seniors now at the high school, teenagers. Huh. And um, my I can say, uh, I don't know what it would have been like in Seattle to raise a family there. It's a big city. Right. But here, I can certainly um, say that it's a great place uh, to raise a family.
1: Well, it's interesting to hear that how you became involved and how that helped you, yes. right? But think of all the things you've been able to do with the experience you had from Seattle and how much that has tied into many things that you're involved with as a council person.
2: It has. It really has. Uh, not just that, but work that I had was done in the past too before. It's like I suddenly realized, you know, working on council and sometimes things come up where, uh, you know, have to figure out uh, a solution for for some issues that, that may, we may not have experienced before. But if I... Hadn't experienced in my previous life, you know. I find that really, without knowing it, a lot of the work that I did before coming to Princeton, uh, that it really laid the groundwork, and and it's almost like it created the path for me to be where I am
1: now. That's so great. So we should thank Seattle for helping to warm you yeah. up to be ready for yeah. everything you're doing here. No,
2: well, mainly I thank my parents. Because okay, they, they really um, yeah, I if they hadn't been what I saw them doing as far as helping others and uh, even, you know, for them, uh, English was their second language too. And but even if they didn't speak it perfectly, that didn't stop them from getting involved and speaking out uh, when they wanted to. If they thought it was for to help others,
1: right which yeah. is a great story, so yeah. thank you thank you for sharing that. so yeah. l- let me ask you um, again, getting back to the Bcc's, the boards, committees, commissions, because I know you mentioned a couple you mentioned yes. human services, um, and you mentioned the task force the, you know the couple task force that you're on, but each council person's on like a a whole bunch of BCCs, so yes. I know there's a number of others you're on, so I, I don't know if you can remember every one, but could you share I...
2: I think I can, you know, maybe not all that. Sometimes I forget the task forces because those are, are uh, ad hoc. Yeah. You know, we only, uh, I serve on them until we're done with our work. Uh, but I have, uh, and I feel that, you know, my colleagues may disagree, but I feel like I have the perfect list of, com- of uh, BCCs that I'm liaison to. So I have, uh, in addition to human services, Uh, Commission. There's the Civil Rights Commission. There is the uh, Board of Health. There is the Youth Advisory Committee. There is the Public Safety Committee, which I, in that role, chairing the Public Safety Committee, I am the designated uh, police commissioner. I also serve on the Local Emergency Planning Committee. Uh, And then there's, uh, oh, and the Economic Development. And they really all come together because very often I find that one, one board or commission or committee is, is working on an initiative or they, they want to uh, even initiate something and say, oh, this one of my other BCCs is already uh, doing this or they're working on this. Perhaps you could collaborate on that. Right, And, and they do. Very often we find opportunities for collaboration among BCCs.
1: Right, and I think that's more of a recent phenomenon, or at least it's, it's grown more recently than it used to happen in the past, which, as you pointed out, I mean, there's so many overlaps. So how, how great is that, that the, the different PCCs actually work together with each other?
2: It is, and it's, but it's also remembering, you know, understanding what is one is working on that could possibly uh, be, you know, that the other, another one could possibly uh, work together on. On, like right we' have coming up uh, our board of Health a subcommittee of Board of Health uh, worked on a structural racism initiative uh, and I suggested that they reach out to the Civil Rights Commission and the Human Services Commission for feedback and they did and now uh, they're going to uh, m- be moving forward on, some of those ideas and present them uh, to council and then your future
1: so one of the advantages to all these BCCs is that the council person that's the liaison to them helps to connect the different yes. Bccs different topics and everything as, as you've as you have done here yes, yeah, exactly which is, so quite an accomplishment
2: yeah
1: um, so do you have I mean looking after okay so you're in your fourth year you know and you know well, I could say we all know, but again, I should need to stop saying we all know. But I know that you've been involved in a lot. Are there certain things that you look back on and just say, "Oh, this was like a bigger win for me," and as far as boy, I was really happy that we accomplished this, that, or are there certain things that just hang in there that you say, "Or are-
2: yeah, something that you may not know about me, or you may, if you've noticed, or maybe not noticed, is that I have a very difficult time uh, taking credit for." Things that I worked on because I feel that anything we accomplish is because we did it together. So I really have to think hard when somebody will ask (laughs) me, Well, what have you done that you're most proud of? I'm proud of everything that we do. Uh, One that really um, I actually initiated before I even, when I was still serving on the Human uh, Services Commission, uh, was the reestablishment of the Civil Rights Commission. I worked together with some colleagues. Uh, It took us three years. So that's why, you know, I'm not too, I don't feel too down about the permit parking taking two years already (laughs) uh, to reestablish the Civil Rights Commission. It took us three years. uh, But, you know, they've been, uh, they're established and they're doing great work. Uh, And then there's some that are, uh, that are, I see as needs And it really, this is one of those areas where it really takes collaboration with my colleagues or others. Uh, For example, bringing the Child Health Conference back to Princeton. After the hospital uh, moved, uh, we had, our residents were really struggling uh, when they, to take their children all the way across Route 1. Uh, Many of them uh, don't drive, and so, and transportation was an issue, so Bringing that back, uh, and that's something that the Board of Health, uh, Jeff Grocer, uh, was really instrumental in, in doing that, and and my colleague uh, Michelle perron Lambros uh, worked together on that to to make it possible for uh, allow for Capital Health uh, to have that contract, uh, so now they can be uh, providing uh, the we call them the Well Baby Clinics, and it's for infants age uh, uh, infants to 18 years old who can get uh, medical services here for many walking distance from where they live.
1: Which is a, which is a big thing. It's very significant. So that's a, very that's a huge significant. win.
2: Yes, it is a huge win. Yeah. I have a list of others that, like I said, I hope I can uh, see them come to fruition in my lifetime, but uh, there's other that I see them as obvious needs. Uh, you know, and so I think we all have our list of priorities, uh, and understanding too that, yeah, we need to work together in order to, to make those happen.
1: Right. So I I think that's pretty good advice, whether you're an elected official or, or anyone trying to accomplish things, work with others and, and don't worry about being the one that gets the credit.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's a great trait. Um, all right. So let me switch gears a little bit. So what do you like about living in Princeton?
2: well uh where i live right now i live uh actually is walking distance to downtown uh I'd like uh that my kids have uh are able to get to where they want to go without having i don't have to worry about uh about driving them around uh driving them far i as far as me getting involved in the community you know I had to do that i i didn't uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't sit around waiting for the welcome wagon to come welcome me to Princeton. Right. I, I really had to to get to know what was here, um, what uh, events were taking place. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of arts and culture. Uh, we don't have to go to New York or Philadelphia, mm. but it is nice to have both uh, right. nearby to be able to go there. But, you know, just we can stay in Princeton and without having to go anywhere and really get to experience community. There's a lot of community with our community partners, the Arts Council, the library, and other uh, community partners that, uh, that will organize and host events. So there's a lot to do. Uh, and so and the, having the university too, uh, the university uh, has... Many, I think it took a while for me to realize that the university was also for us, for, you know, it's not just for the students and the faculty that there's events that take place that are also open to the public.
1: Right. Yeah. There's a, a wide breadth of, of options available to yes. people if they, uh, if they look around. Um, It seems one common thread is the more people are involved, the better. How do you, what do do we do to encourage people to to get involved in all the different processes and things we have with local government?
2: You know, some we're still trying to figure out because very often we hear from individuals that they didn't hear that something was taking place until after the fact. So now we have a newsletter, which is really great. Every opportunity I have, I encourage people to sign up for the newsletter because that would happen to me too before... um, I knew, uh, you know, very often I would read about something that had already taken place. So uh, encourage uh, individuals to know what, uh, where to look uh, for, uh, if they want to, as far as enjoying what the community has to offer. But as far, I would also encourage them to volunteer. There's, we have, I haven't counted how many. Uh, BCCs and task forces we have. A lot. <laughs> we have a lot. So there's a lot of opportunities. Um, and even uh, if there's not one that somebody is interested in, uh, I think uh, residents can get organized and and suggest uh, whether it's an initiative. And that's what happened with the ta- uh, Dog Park Task Force. That grew out of a petition. Uh, there's also now another. I almost forgot. There's a task force that I'm uh, that I'm also a part of. Is the community center feasibility task force? Right. That's something that I think uh, we only had our first preliminary meeting uh, one, um, but then moving forward, I I can see uh, with the members that are serving on it. There's a lot of work ahead for us, but if we can come up with some uh, recommendations and some solutions that we can propose is really going to be, uh, have a big impact for our community as far as providing um, not just uh, opportunities for our youth, uh, but all our residents to have a place where they have a sense of, a sense of place, you know, a location for a sense of place. Uh, because not everybody is going to go to the garden theater or to the university uh, or even to the Y. Uh, there's, uh, for a long time, we've had uh, families that have been asking us for more uh, places for their, uh, for their children to go to. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of opportunities for, uh, for residents to be involved. And like I said, if there's something that's missing, you know, we're open to hearing uh, suggestions. But anytime uh, I, when I hear from, uh, from residents asking, why don't we have this? Uh, why aren't you guys doing this? Meaning mayor and council. And I said, you know, if you suggest it, if you'd like to take part in leading that effort, please, we'd like to hear from you.
1: Right. And, and I would just like to put a plug in for both the newsletter and for people that might want to join one of our BCCs. If they go to our website, www.princetonnj.gov, there's a place to sign up to get the newsletter, which comes out twice a week. And there's also a place where they can apply um, to the different BCCs, which I forget exactly how many we have, but there's a, a boatload. And they can say, here's the top three that I would like. And you, you provide information. Here's my resume. Here's what I've done. And that's a way for people to, to be involved. And I, I think one of uh, Ex- another theme you, you have is how important it is to be involved.
2: Yes. Uh, and, and actually, time for me to put in a plug for uh, we have uh, Human Services and the Civil Rights Commission. Uh, I know for a fact both have uh, at least two vacancies that, that we need to fill. So it's a great opportunity um, for our residents to truly become involved and and be part of the solution.
1: Right, to be part of the solution, and the more the more people are involved, the more they know. It just it just makes the community work so much better for when we're all working together. Exactly. Yeah, um, you know, you had you had mentioned once or twice that you know you have other things on your list for things that you might like to see that we address or accomplish over the next few years. Are there any of those that that you're able to share right now, or I don't know if there are things that you haven't talked to others yet about? Or
2: No, I've, well, some, I'm not sure. I'm, we're still trying to figure out. Some are, are beyond our reach, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to work out a solution. For years, for years, and I think if anybody that's looking will notice uh, that several of our residents have to trek to the other side of town to do their laundry. Uh, I actually, where I live, that's one of the, uh, they cut through there to get to the shopping right. center. And on their bikes, I've seen uh, women uh, pushing strollers full of laundry, uh, because we only have one laundromat and it's on the other side of town. Yep. And many of our residents who, who don't have laundry facilities in their, uh, where they live, they live on the other side of town. And so uh, that's something that I, I would like to see. It's been it's been a challenge because, from what I understand, the main challenge is the sewer hookup fees. The
1: fees are the exorbitant. fees. Yeah.
2: But uh, but uh, from what I I'm trying to explore, and that's not just me. I know others are, are as well. Uh, I, from what I understand is that uh, affordable housing developments are, are the only. Ones that can actually get a reduction in those fees.
1: Yeah, affordable housing and nonprofits. And
2: nonprofits. So, if there was a nonprofit in an affordable housing development, uh, that's where I would see an opportunity to where we could potentially do that. And that would be a life changer for many in our community. No, I think everything that we do, almost everything that we do, is uh, any policies or initiatives. are to improve the quality of life of, of our residents. And that would be a major one. That, that would be a major one. I promote, in speaking to uh, some of our families who are in that situation now, some of them uh, only do their laundry once a month. Uh, and, and very often, you know, they wear the same clothes more than once, more than twice, because of the challenge of getting their laundry done. Uh, but also because of the expense. The
1: expense, yeah. You know. Right, what so many of us take as something that we, we can do for granted. It's yes. no big deal, right? But it's not right. the same for everyone.
2: So there's a lot of things that we take for granted, like access to healthcare, which, you know, we I'm, I'm very excited. I was very excited when I learned that Capital Health uh, was coming and then we'd have an opportunity uh, to, pro- to have our, them uh, for our well-baby clinics to be offered there. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's just things that, like you say, we take for granted that uh, just, I think all of us being aware and then working on trying to find solutions for, for, for those issues that we may not be experiencing, but if a significant portion of our population, our residents are, we should definitely that should be our priority to try to solve that
1: right so it's interesting in, in having heard everything that you've covered so far how you're dealing with things like right now in the present day you're looking to things to the future so it's quite a balancing act trying to f- trying to figure out all the different things to address and then finding the time and the resources to address all of this
2: right these. right so uh You know, there's actually, when I go into, when we've uh, formed a task force to work on address an issue, uh, including when I first started with permit parking, say, let's address, let's see what we can address first, the low-hanging fruit. And I learned there's no such thing as (laughs) low-hanging fruit. You know, at least when you think that there is, you know, there's other, uh, yeah, there's other challenges that can come up. But there's no reason uh, for us to give up just because it's challenging. I know a council, a previous council had tried to address uh, the parking issue in the past and it didn't go anywhere. And when I first uh, joined this permit parking task force, I was told that it was like touching the third rail because (laughs) it was so controversial. But you know, just because it's hard or controversial doesn't mean if it's needed, Doesn't mean that we should we shouldn't rise to the we should rise to the challenge.
1: Right, totally agree. So, Leticia, I want to thank you very much for covering so many different topics, but for your time here today, but also for all the time that you and the other council members put in doing so much to help the uh, the town run as well as it does.
2: Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the opportunity. And like I said, it it really it's not just council; it's you as well. This really is a, a group effort. Uh, for anything that we're able to accomplish.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the fourth episode of The Princeton Podcast. Special thanks to our podcast guest, Leticia Fraga, and our host, Mayor Mark Frieda. The Princeton Podcast is produced as a community service by HG Media, providing audio, video, and website design services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.